happy to see the the exam candidates have still come for midweek service let's put our hands together for them yeah it's great and and it's good to have minister Della in the house too <laughs> yeah i wasn't expecting him here today i was hearing some voice out there. i was like whose voice are standing to Della's voice like that but <laughs> lo and behold he was the man himself so today I'm going to teach on what I've entitled the prophetic ministry in the modern day church. The prophetic ministry in the modern day church. All right. Um, I mean, the prophetic is something we the, the modern day church. We love the prophetic, don't we? We love the prophetic. It's it's a very powerful ministry and. Uh, we love the prophetic, but it also comes with a lot of um, baggage. All right, um, stemming from both those who are ministering the prophetic and people's lack of understanding of what the prophetic is supposed to be. In fact, even the word prophetic, we don't understand the word prophetic. <laughs> when we say prophetic people have a certain if I say okay we are going to have a prophetic meeting if I take the microphone right around right now and so let's say I say fire service on Friday is going to be a prophetic meeting if I say what are your expectations you see the things people will say we expect one on one Charlie Shemin come let me speak into my life tell me what will happen uh, a year by this time <laughs> You know, but the word prophetic is broader, is, is way broader than just that. It's just unfortunate the modern day church has limited the word prophetic to one on one ministrations. But as I'll show you today, the word prophetic, when we say something is prophetic, it's, it's, it's way broader than that. Amen. Yeah. So um, I started hinting at something the other time the fact that. The ministry of the of the New Testament prophet is slightly different from that of the Old Testament prophet. Alright. In the Old Testament, people didn't have God living inside them. We had not gotten into the dispensation of the Holy Spirit yet. So there were selected groups of people who could experienced the Holy Spirit or had the Holy Spirit on them and these were the kings the prophets and the priests the kings the prophets and the priests and so the role of the Old Testament prophet was a little different just based on this fact the fact that people didn't have God living inside them so the role of the Old Testament prophet was a little different now we have moved into the era of the New Testament. Jesus Christ has died. God himself is living inside us. So the role of the prophet changes a bit. Even though much of the functions are the same, there are certain dynamics that have changed based on the fact that right now we have God living inside us. Hallelujah. Now, the whole concept of being led by the word of the prophet or being guided mainly by the word of the prophet is one of the things that has changed with the change in dispensation. Amen. Those days people could depend fully. I mean, if you really wanted to hear God, virtually your only source was the prophet. Okay? So people used to go and consult the prophets and they would tell them this and tell them that and tell them that. Because the majority of the people didn't have the ability to hear God for themselves. They just didn't have. Their spirit men were dead. Their spirit men were not alive. Okay? They didn't have the ability to hear God for themselves. But now God is living inside you. So the role of the prophet changes a bit. Instead of the prophet being the source of guidance, the prophet now becomes more a source of fine-tuning and confirmation. 
of what God is laying inside your spirit already. Hallelujah. A lot of times when you receive a word from a man of God, more often than not, it's something you, you seem to have an idea about already. You, you kind of know. Those of you who are going to go into ministry, you, you, you don't hear it and it's like, hey, you've, you've known it. It's like it's something that has always been there. You understand? When I was teaching you about hearing the voice of God, I told you that every believer, once you have the Holy Spirit inside you, you are prophetic. It is just a matter of degree. The reason why some people are called prophets is that they are specialists in that area. Okay? The experiences or the prophetic experiences you may have sporadically, they have it on a more regular basis. That is why they sit in the office of the prophet. Alright? So, the role of the New Testament prophet moves from um, it's, it's more of fine-tuning helping you to fine-tune helping you to, to, you to, to find your way through the dark and confirming what maybe you have been sensing but you are not too sure of what you are sensing alright so that, that becomes more of the role of the New Testament prophet okay because God will speak to you. God will reveal things to you. Especially when it comes to things concerning you yourself. God will speak to you first. He will lay it upon your heart. You may not pay attention to it, but he will speak to you. You start having some inclinations towards something. So the person comes and the person speaks and is like, ah, okay, so this is what I've been sensing right there. It's important for us to note that. So with that at the back of our minds, what should be our attitude towards prophecy? What should be our attitude towards prophecy as New Testament believers? Alright? First of all, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 14 that as many as are led by who? The Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. So your leading should be by what? The Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that must lead you. Amen. Not necessarily the word of a prophet. Now, so what should be your attitude? What should be your attitude towards prophecy? Now, sometimes we tend to despise things because there are problems with them. But the Bible discourages us from doing that, especially when it comes to the prophetic ministry. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20. He said, despise not what prophesies. This is New Testament, all right? So Paul is telling us that don't despise prophesies. So you can't be there and say, me as a believer, I'm a believer, but this thing called prophetic and prophesying and things as for me, dear, it's not for me. You let me just wear the knob and that is it. We have been told here by the Apostle Paul that do not despise prophesies. There is a role, there is a, a, a place for it in your life. Despise not prophesying. So, what are you supposed to do when you receive a prophecy? As a New Testament believer, you have the Spirit of God inside you. You have to check what you are hearing with what you believe the Holy Spirit is telling you yourself. Amen. There are some prophecies when they come like this, no, they just bounce off your spirit. I don't know how many of you have experienced that before. You've been giving up. It just bounces off like that. Boom just goes away you know that mm, 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 this one there not because the one prophesying is necessarily a false prophet but the thing about the prophetic ministry is that it is one of those ministries that your human instincts can interfere with what God wants to say it's one of those ministries like that see so if somebody gives you a prophecy that you think no this one is not it doesn't necessarily mean the person is a false prophet or the person is, is, is just trying to manipulate you or something. It is one of those. If you've operated in it before, you know that it is very easy for your own human. Look at a seasoned prophet like Samuel. Seasoned look. They said, as for him, there is words there when he speaks there, like a seasoned prophet. I mean, when you are listing prophets in Israel during Samuel's time, he will be number one on the list. Just a prophet of the nation. The man was sent to go and anoint a king in Jesse's house. 
when he went, he had his own prejudices. Because Saul, who was the previous king, was a thick, tall guy. In his mind, the successor also has to be thick, tall. So he went and saw, they paraded the ah, Eliab, yes, man. Fine structure. Surely this is the anointed of the Lord. This is how your own human biases can affect the ministry. The, 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 the prophetic ministration. All right. I'm just telling you some of these things so that you don't bash prophets too much. It is very easy for your own human inclinations to interfere. That is why you must also learn to hear God for yourself. Amen. Yeah. You must also learn to hear God for yourself. If I come and I prophesy to you, I give you very accurate word of knowledge that this one, you know, I mean, it has to be supernatural. And it was from the Spirit of God. And I finished giving you that prophecy. And at the end, I add my own. And I say, the Spirit of the Lord says, empty your bank account and come and sow it into my life. That is where you should be able to know that, no, as for this one, <laughs> it is with his mind <laughs> that he's saying it. Hallelujah. I'm not saying God cannot lead you to do that. I'm not talking necessarily in terms of me. But I've seen something like that before. One of the senior prophets in this country, he went and ministered somewhere. And he picked up this woman, gave her a prophecy, and then said, but he's seen something that doesn't look too good. He has the, you have a child who is in the U.S., he's in university in the U.S., 18-year-old child, he said yes. He said, what I'm coming to tell you is very uncomfortable for me, but this is what God is saying, I should tell you. He said, God says, that brand new four-wheel drive that you have bought. He said, you have a brand new four-wheel drive? He said, yes, 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 I just bought brand new four-wheel drive. He said, the brand new four-wheel drive that you have bought, you have to come and sow it into my life because the life of your daughter is in danger. And by that act of sacrifice, God is going to turn the thing around. So the lady was confused. This is a true story I'm telling you about. And it's a man of God I know. The lady was confused. So she went to see her pastor who hosted the man of God that day. This is what the man of God is saying. Me, Charlie, my child, dear. Car and my child, I'll take my child on any day. Pastor said, ah, what do you mean? Me, I'm here with you. I've been preaching to you every day. Tico, come on, Tico. You have never bought for me. Four-wheel drive, brand new. You are going to give to this man. Find somewhere and go and sleep. She's like, Pastor, are you sure? Pastor said, oh, forget it. Just as the man of God said, three days, she got a call. Her 18-year-old daughter had died. Yeah. So I'm just using this example for you to know that I mean sometimes God can do strange things like that. Just said so the car. Boy, you know, it was just a test of her, what do you call it? Her willingness to substitute <laughs> or whatever. Car plus your daughter. And that was what happened. Alright. But we have to come to the point where we we ourselves are sensitive in our spirits enough to be able to tell. When I come to the point where I'm giving you the characteristics of a questionable prophet. I'll give you certain things that will help you. Okay? Yeah. So, it says, despise not prophesying. Let's see what 1 John chapter 4 verse 1 is saying. 1 John chapter 4 verse 1. 1 John chapter 4 verse 1. It said, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So false prophets said they started a long time ago. So it says you have to try every spirit. You have to test every spirit. The fact that the person is accurate and is just saying very accurate things alone is not enough. That alone is not authentication for his or her ministry. Because the truth is that now eh, there are places you can pass. They will sell some water before you. And these are two things. You use the water to wash your face and you will start seeing. 
the only problem is that you will see but you can't deal with what you are seeing the power to deal with what you are seeing is not there so they can tell you very accurate things your name your this your blah 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 and stuff like that just water you wash your face you pay some plenty money be and that is it every year you go and renew the water like that so there are a lot of things that are happening once there's counterfeit it means the original is there as for satan he always wants to copy what god does so when, once you see a counterfeit it means the original is there and that is why you must pray to god that god will bring you to a place where you yourself you walk in the original hallelujah yes you walk in the original i believe the best way to put the counterfeit out of business is for the originals to start showing up and the counterfeits will be put because honestly the kind of things that are happening nowadays and the manipulation and all kinds of things that are happening in the name of a prophetic ministry is amazing it's depressing there are some things we call familiar spirits say familiar spirits familiar spirits their role in the kingdom of darkness is to copy or to to pick information they pick information if Satan wants information about you, you let a familiar spirit follow you. Tonight, we banish every familiar spirit that has been assigned to your life. They follow you. Take info- So they know you. They are very familiar with you. And there are a lot of mediums. Those people we call mediums. They're psychics and things. It's familiar spirits they work with. An example was the one, the witch that um, Saul went to see. The Bible says she had a familiar spirit. That thing that appeared was not the spirit of Samuel. It was a familiar spirit. It had information. And the information was accurate. One day I watched Oprah Winfrey's show. Eh, and they brought a psychic. And what the person was doing is like the prophetic ministration you see. Was going around. You pick this person up. You. This your person died. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right now I'm communicating with the dead person he's saying so 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 very 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 accurate information and all these things is familiar spirits they are working with familiar spirits that's what the bible says you must test every spirit you must test every spirit and for you to be able to test the spirits well you yourself must build up your spirit because it's with your spirit that you are going to test the spirit so if you, you know your spirit is nowhere neither here nor there how will you be able to test the spirit and that is where a lot of us make mistakes because we tend to use our minds. We try to descend spiritual things with our minds. And that is where the problem comes in. Because the Bible says spiritual things are spiritually discerned. If you try and use your mind to understand and descend spiritual things, the likelihood of making a mistake is very high. Very high. So we have to build our spirits to the point. Now, I'll come back to the, the false things. But... We need to understand what this thing called a prophetic means. As I've told you, it's not just calling somebody and giving the person information about him or herself. The prophetic is a wide thing. In fact, the things a prophet is supposed to do or somebody who stands in the office of a prophet is supposed to do, the one I'm talking about is just one of them. Okay? It's just one of them. Now, as I said when I was talking about the apostle, for all the ministry officers... Basically or fundamentally, you must be a preacher or a teacher of the word. That is the basis. If that one is not there, you can't say you are operating in an office. What you are doing, you are doing something, but it's not an office you're operating in. Basically, if you look at the prophets of the Old Testament, they were the preachers of the day. Those days, that was the only, what do you call it? Office that was functioning there weren't um apostles and evangelists and you know real pastors and the priests weren't really pastors like they were just intermediaries between the people and god so the prophet was basically the only what do you call it well they had some rabbis so maybe we can say that they, they were teachers but the prophets were the ones who were preaching the word all right so this thing where modern day prophets say media come I've just come in to prophesy. Other people will preach to you. It's, it's it doesn't make sense. As I always say, the books that the teachers teach from, most of them were written by prophets. So you a prophet, you don't have you don't have an excuse 
not to know the word of God. Hallelujah. So the prophet is basically and fundamentally a preacher or a teacher of the word. I showed you the other time that Jesus worked in all the offices. He was a prophet. He was he called he was called an apostle. He was a teacher. He was an evangelist. He was everything. But we are told in Matthew chapter nine verse thirty-five. Let's see what Matthew chapter nine verse thirty-five says. Matthew nine thirty-five. He said, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, doing what? Teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom before the healing and every sickness and every disease came in. So primarily, he was a teacher. Most of the time we saw Jesus, he was teaching people. Alright? So that is the basis. That, is, is, that should be the fundamental thing for every ministry. So every prophet must fundamentally or basically be a preacher or a teacher of the word. Now I want us to look at Luke chapter 7 verse 28. John the Baptist is one of the few people whose office Jesus spoke about like he declared his office. The office John the Baptist operates in. Luke chapter 7 verse 28. He said, for I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater word, prophet. This is Jesus declaring John the Baptist a prophet. If Jesus declares that this is the office you're operating in, that is the office you're operating Because he gave the gifts unto, the Bible says, yes, and he gave gifts unto men, alright? He gives the gifts. Greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So Jesus himself has declared John the Baptist a prophet. But if you look at John the Baptist's life and his ministry, basically he was preaching. I never heard of John the Baptist giving revelations about people, but Jesus is calling him a prophet. All right? In our minds, a prophet is supposed to do foretelling. Yes, foretelling is part of the work of a prophet or the functions of a prophet, but the prophet is also supposed to do forth-telling. Forth-telling. You tell forth. Alright? So in the Old Testament, when the people of Israel were going astray, it was the prophets God used to speak to them, speak forth to them to bring them back into alignment. Okay? So John the Baptist is called a prophet. We are even told that somebody was going to come in the spirit of Elijah and he was talking about John the Baptist. That there will be one that will come in the spirit of Elijah. And we know Elijah is a prophet. So John the Baptist's prophetic credentials were not in doubt. But the majority of the work John the Baptist did was to preach and to teach the word. So I'm just using John the Baptist and Jesus as an example of the fact that for every ministry, the basis has to be preaching and teaching of the word. And, you know, there's something we call prophetic preaching. Okay? That's why I said we, we, we really don't understand the word prophetic. When we say the meeting is going to be prophetic, it's not just, you know, there's prophetic teaching and prophetic preaching. When we say somebody is preaching prophetically or teaching prophetically, it means the person is teaching under an unction and the person hasn't planned what to say. So the person comes and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he speaks for. All right? On the Saturday of fire rally, when I picked the microphone, I told him that I've not really prepared a message, but I'm going to speak as the Holy Spirit guide. That was an example of prophetic preaching. I just picked the microphone and I spoke. That is prophetic preaching. So you realize that the word prophetic is way broader than, we, we've, we've put the prophetic thing in, in one small corner. If you've not prepared a message, you don't know what you're coming to say. I give you a microphone right now. The Holy Spirit comes upon you and you start speaking. You see, and most of the time when you're preaching prophetically, you don't even know the next sentence you're going to say. The thing just comes. It just comes like that. You open your mouth and the Holy Spirit, that is prophetic preaching. Alright? So the prophet is also a preacher and a teacher. Two, the prophet is an intercessor. So it's not just sharing come. The prophet is also an intercessor. An intercessor is someone who stands in the gap. 
between God and the people. Look at Moses. Moses was always standing in the gap for the people. Don't misbehave. Our God says, I'm going to kill them. Moses will go and say, God, kill me first. Modern day intercessors, they don't pray like that too. God should kill them first. Hey, no, no. <laughs> that will not happen. But Moses was an intercessor. He went to stand in the gap of the people, for the people. Abraham was described as a prophet. Because when Abimelech tried to take his wife, God told Abimelech, the man is a prophet. Call him and he'll pray for you. So Abraham at that point was exercising the intercessory function of a prophet. So he went and prayed for him and prayed for his family. And that curse of barrenness that was upon his household was lifted. So prophets are intercessors. Because they have insight into the spirit world and, 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 and they can pick up information from the realm of the spirit. It places them at an advantageous position to know how to pray and what to pray for at a particular point in time. You see, when it comes to prayer, when you don't have insight into what you are doing, you can pray amiss. You can pray all the gymnastics in this world. The target is here, but you are throwing bombs just around like that. Sometimes you need revelation. You need specifics to be able to hit the thing. When we were in Legon, I had this roommate. The guy was a very anointed guy. He was with CCF then. And... I mean, usually when it comes to casting out demons and things like that, it was a very easy thing for him. Somebody in the church was having an attack. The person was seeing demons with knives coming to attack. It's like broad daylight. It's not like she was sleeping. So they said they are taking the person to Sabafield. So they came to call him. They used to call him Apostle. So he called Apostle Charlie. So, so, so you did this thing here. Cocoa for you. Apostle went down. Uh, I was in the room. He went down. Uh, like more than one hour. The guy was struggling with the thing. The thing wasn't happening. So I was there and he came back to the room looking very depressed because normally these things, they're cocoa cry. Came looking very, I was like, oh, oh, oh. so what happened to the guy? I was like, Charlie, I did everything I could. He prayed all the prayers he could do, cast out whatever. The girl is still doing the things there. And then immediately, the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation. I told him that the devil has created an illegal link between the girl's soul and her spirit. You need to go and break that link. It was like, eh. He went and came back five minutes. The girl was fine. So sometimes you need prophetic insight for proper prayer. That is why prophets are supposed to be intercessors. They're supposed to stand in the gap for people and for lands. Sometimes something is happening in the land. You don't know what is happening. You are praying, 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 praying. But somebody with prophetic insight will come and say, so, so, and so, this is what happened. That has given the legal ground for this and this and this to happen. So, let's do this and do this and do that. And then things are just reversed like that. So, the prophet is also an intercessor. There are some people who actually operate as prophetic intercessors. They, they won't come and come and stand in front of people and minister to them, this, that, 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 that. But with their revelation gifts and the other gifts that they have, they travel in prayer and God shows them. I was telling you the, the um, C. Peter Wagner when I was talking about the apostles. I talked, I told about you about the fact that this guy was like an apostle of spiritual warfare. Places that people have found difficult to break through with the gospel. There was some place in Argentina called the place Resistencia. <laughs> Resistant to the gospel. It's like people could not break through. They called C. Peter Wagner, just went and spent a month there, prayed and got spiritual insights into, I mean, even specific places they had to go and stand and pray. Serious frontline warfare after one month. One of Argentina's biggest evangelists, Carlos Anacondia, went there. And the number of souls that were won and the revival that broke forth. They'll say, oh, it was Carlos Anacondia who came and started the revival. But the underground work... It was C. Peter Wagner and his team. They had done spiritual mapping of the place and bombarded the place and cleared the ground. Carlos Anacondia is one of the most successful evangelists in South America. South America, he won so many souls. And he has a particular strategy. People were like, why is it that when you do an altar call, so many people respond? He was like, 
don't you realize I do something before I do the altar call? Before he, when he finishes preaching, before he does the altar call, he will stand there and pray and bind spirits. That will cause the people to be stubborn and stuff like You know, sometimes some of these things you think is just, oh, somebody is just trying to be hyper-spiritual. But the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So somebody deciding not to come forward and give their life to Christ, there may be something that is trying to prevent the person. So he prays and binds all of them. And when he calls, it's like people literally run to the front. And people didn't understand. Like, ah, why is that you alone when you make the altar call? People come like that. They said, that is the secret. He prays and releases the people from those spirits before he does that. So a prophet, somebody with a, with, with a prophetic unction upon his life is supposed to be an intercessor. The reverse is not necessarily so. It's not every intercessor who is a prophet. Unfortunately, all the intercessors are rushing to become prophets. And now we are not seeing revival the way we are supposed to see it. Because all the people who are supposed to be traveling. In, and the truth is that when you have the heart of an intercessor and you pray, God will start showing you things. So, oh, now you see something and you say, no, Charlie, then me too, right now, I did graduate from the realm of the intercessor into the realm of the prophetic. So all the intercessors are now becoming prophets. And because of that, we are not seeing revival and the move of God the way we are supposed to see. So every prophet is an intercessor, but every intercessor is not a prophet. The reverse is not necessarily so. So the prophet is an intercessor. Three, the prophet is a seer. All right? The prophet is a seer. That means they can see into the realm of the spirit. They have the gift of the discernment of spirit. So they can see into the realm of the spirit. And, okay, you are come to that one later. So you just write it down. He's a seer. Now, the fourth thing is that the prophet engages in prophetic acts. Somebody say prophetic acts. So God uses him to minister to people through prophetic acts. Now, when I talk about prophetic acts, I am talking about acts that are symbols and tokens. Somebody say symbols and tokens. So, you see, I'm, I'm trying to broaden your understanding of what the word prophetic means. When somebody operates with symbols and tokens, when I talk about symbols and tokens, I'm not talking about symbols like Star of David or no, 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 no. I'll explain what I mean by symbols and tokens. Those are prophetic acts. For example, let's read 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 15. I'm sharing some of these things with you so that when you encounter a prophet and he's acting in a certain way, you understand that it's part of the prophetic culture. Operating with signs and tokens, symbols and tokens. All right. No, verse 15, verse 15. So this was a king. Elisha was giving an instruction to a king. He said, and Elisha said unto him, take bows and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. Next, a bow and an arrow, sorry. And he said to the king of Israel, put thy hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. So the king was holding the bow like this. And Elisha put his hand on the king's hands. And what was the instruction? Next. He said, and he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. Next. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. Next. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hast thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. 
whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. Now this is a prophetic act. Alright, he had a word for the man of God. But instead of just delivering the word, he said, pick an arrow, pick a bow, and pick arrows. First of all, open the eastward window, the window that opens to the east, and fire it. And then he said, fire it to the ground. And he decided to do it only three times. And he said, if you had done it five or six times, you would have consumed your enemy totally. So you ask, couldn't he have prophesied without all these gymnastics and all these play acting and stuff like that but that is how what we call the prophetic acts prophets or in the prophetic you move in symbols and tokens symbols and tokens let me give you an example another example acts chapter 21 verse 11 acts chapter 21 verse 11 Acts chapter 21. So I'm giving you one Old Testament one. I'm giving you an, a New Testament one. He said, and when he was come unto us, he took Paul's ghetto. And this was the prophet Agabus. Alright. He took Paul's ghetto and bound his own hands and feet and said. So that means he was coming to prophesy. And then he went, Paul, give me your ghetto. And he bound his hands and then bound his feet before he prophesied. And feet. He said, that saith the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this ghetto and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentile. So you ask, well, couldn't you have prophesied without all this drama? Why should you come for my ghetto? So it's like, ghetto is like a belt. You've taken my belts. You've bound your hands, bound your feet before you can prophesy. But that is how God operates with the prophetics. Hallelujah in symbols and tokens symbols and tokens so his binding of his hands was symbolic of what was going to happen to the one whose ghetto it was and that was how God chose to deliver the message sometimes even when it comes to healing when Naaman came to Elisha he could have just spoken a word prayed for him but he said go to the Jordan and dip yourself in the Jordan seven times it was very specific all right so these are ways prophetic symbols and tokens these are ways in which god uses pro- i'm telling you some of these so that when you see people operating in them it's not like uh, they are just trying to be dramatic but sometimes that is how god directs people the problem comes in when people create what we call a fetish out of one-time instructions that god gives Okay. The anointing oil, for example, is a symbol. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean without anointing oil, you can't pray for somebody. There are some people, if you pray for them and you have not anointed them, it's like, Charlie, you, you are not taking my matter serious. That was say, bring me the oil. Ah, then they know that, <laughs> you know, there's power in the house. But you mustn't create a fetish out of it. When we say fetish, we are talking about something. We are creating an idol out of the thing. So if it is not there, then you cannot operate. Are you understanding what I'm saying? These are symbols. And God uses some of these physical things to release faith. Because he knows that human beings, we relate easier to things that we can physically, you know. So yeah, that's the anointing. When you feel something on your head, Charlie, then... God is moving in my life. Things like that. But the important thing is that we don't create a fetish out of it. Alright? So, you see a prophet operating and he's moving. It's like he's trying to be dramatic and stuff like that. It didn't start now. I showed you Old Testament. I showed you New Testament. It's, it's all there. Alright? There was a time I was going to prophesy to somebody and the Spirit of the Lord said, ask for a bottle of water. I called the person forward. And I went down on my knees. I said, do the same. I picked the bottle of water. I said, I'm going to roll it, catch it. As I rolled it, the word came. That as this thing is rolling to you, everything you have deserved over the years that has been denied you is rolling back onto you. That was it. That was the leading of the Lord. All right? So there are times that God will give a message to somebody, but he will dramatize it a bit. He will use symbols and tokens. So when you see some of these things, you shouldn't be surprised. Elisha went to a place. The people said their water was bad. 
So he said, get me a cruise of salt. They brought the cruise. He poured it inside. So you see, these things are allowed in the prophetic. That's what we call the uh, aquantre. That's what the, the current prophets are calling aquantre. Unfortunately, people are taking advantage of these things and doing all kinds of weird things. Somebody was trying to claim that when Jesus was born and he was taken to the temple to be dedicated, so they said they sacrificed the dove. He was insisting that they the I mean, but there's no place in the Bible where it is said that they bathed him with the blood. So, in the name of symbols and tokens, a lot of people are misbehaving. People are doing all kinds of things. And as I said, we have created a fetish out of. So now I hear the anointing oil. There's red anointing oil. There's blue anointing oil. There's green anointing oil. There's a particular color for witches. There's a particular one for ancestral spirits. There's a particular color for, you know, and of course you want to have the whole rainbow. <laughs> so <laughs> you buy them, <laughs> you know. Yes. So I'm teaching this for you to know that yes, there is a place for some of these things, but we mustn't create a fetish out of them. Time is fast spent. I want to give you signs, certain signs of a questionable prophet. And I'm using the word questionable because it's not everybody who is questionable that is false. There are some people, their source is genuinely from God, but they've just allowed their flesh to come into the system a bit. Alright? And these signs that I'm going to give you are not foolproof. Meaning that if you see one in somebody, you know, hey. <laughs> yeah, you're a questionable prophet. Alright? Okay. Sign number one. The person draws attention to himself. The person draws attention to himself. He's obsessed with drawing attention to himself. Have you seen some of these guys that when they are advertising, they pray for you, they finish and say, May we? Like, hey, when I hear those things, it's like my body begins to itch. May we? I finish. Recently, we were watching something for, on TV, this multi TV. I said, And truly, truly, too, they brought a woman, flat stomach. He started pouring some water on the woman's stomach, and the stomach started growing. She got up with her. Only God knows what she will deliver. Right there, instantaneous break. I mean, this cannot be God. Who is the father of the baby? And she got... Uh, Alpha, you were there. We were watching it on TV. You see, Claire. Stomach became big. Like, he started praying. The stomach started getting... And this one is not like she just inflated her, her tummy. The thing became big. You could see there was something in there. He called another woman. The woman was lying down. And the stomach, the abdomen, is like there was a lot of turbulence. It was like, yeah. But gradually, they will get to know each other and the turbulence will stop. Oh, there are, there are things happening. If you don't open your eyes and you don't know the word of God for yourself, you will be deceived. And you could see people were standing there, stand. Instant pregnancy. <laughs> so the person draws attention to himself. A typical example was Simon the sorcerer. Let's read Acts chapter 8, verse 9. You see, when you are always praising yourself, Acts chapter 8, verse 9. Let's see, Acts chapter 8, verse 9. Verse 9. He said, but there was a certain man called Simon. This was a sorcerer. Which before time in the same city, used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. Himself. Self-promotion. I am the great one. Some of them give themselves interesting nicknames. <laughs> and things like that. Interesting nicknames. Proclaiming themselves to be great people. For me, that is a cardinal sign of somebody who is a questionable prophet. And I'm using the word prophet here, general. So, questionable man of God. Draws attention to himself. Two, 
he has virtually no word base. So let me if you say John 3.16, they should quote cry ever ask them. Trouble. They don't have any word base. And trust me, you go and watch multi-TV. You see a lot of these guys there. A whole three months have passed and they haven't even quoted one scripture. They haven't said, they haven't even opened Bible. All they are doing is telling people who is chasing them and which family member is looking for their downfall and things like that and doing strange things. No word base. No word. As I've told you, every ministry, every office, the basis has to be the word of God. The basis has to be the word of God. So when you see somebody and a person has no word base, they hardly talk about Bible. They hardly. It's all about signs and wonders, and it's all about you know they want to pray for you and this and that and other. It's a sign. Three. The person charges money to minister. The person charges money to minister. That one, you, you can't be genuine. And Jesus saw this way before. So when he commissioned his disciples and gave them authority, he said, heal the sick, do this, that, that, that. He added something. Let's read Matthew chapter 10 verse 8. Matthew chapter 10 verse 8. He said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Then he added, freely ye have received, freely give. Because he knew people would come and start commercializing the thing. Yesterday, after we had finished service, a woman met me outside with a child, 12-year-old child. And what she described, it seemed to be like a demonic attack of a sort. Child couldn't sleep, feels like somebody wants to kill her. She said she went to some church. The prophet said she has to buy some oil for 100 Ghana cities. And she didn't have the money. So they said, ah, if you don't have the money, we can't pray for you. So she brought her I took oil from here. We anointed the child and prayed for her. Recently, somebody said, oh, God bless you. The things have stopped. But she went somewhere and they said, bring money. If you don't pay, we will not pray for you. So a child, you, you, you say you are a servant of God and a child is suffering. And the child has been brought to you. You are saying, if you don't pay 100 Ghana CDs, I'm not going to pray for you. I mean, you can't be a genuine person with this kind of attitude. So all those people who have been charging consultation fee. Some people charge. One guy on the motor, you tell him plain, plain, so they made the old bar 300 Ghana there. If you don't have, forget it. You don't see me. And you go to some of these people. Me, my department, because a lot of the cases are terminal, people go to these places. So they come and tell us things. The kind of long line they go to meet there. Long winding line. So everybody, 300 Ghana, 300 Ghana, 300 Ghana. So even if a day you consult 50 people, do the math. So anybody who charges to minister, I mean, it's a sign of a questionable prophet. For if your spirit just does not agree with the person, it's a sign that the person may not be genuine. Because I've told you, the Holy Spirit is inside you. That some people ah, they are, they seem to be saying all the right things, but there is just something inside you that doesn't agree with them. It is possible it's the Holy Spirit inside you trying to tell you that this guy's source is not right. Because, you see, those who go and pass places to get powers to do things eh? most of them are not people who were not in church like somebody walking out there somewhere he's not born again and then he just decides to go and collect what do you call it juju to come and do church no it will be very easy to find him out because he wouldn't know the church culture he wouldn't know the jargons he wouldn't know how to talk the church talk you understand what i'm saying it'll be very easy to find out that ah, this guy there why so it is people within the church, you know, most of the time, people who are not patient to grow through the gifts and be faithful for God to trust them with much. Impatience. So Charlie, they say shortcut, be your baby. They've been in church, so they know how to quote scriptures more, they know how to, you know, and then they go for these things. So they can give you all the spiritual jargons, talk the right talk and everything. But sometimes when you are watching them or you are sitting under the administration, there is just something inside you that does not agree 
with the administration. Don't ignore these feelings. Don't ignore these signals. It could be the Holy Spirit trying to tell you that this person is not genuine. Five, the person doubles in immorality and plays down on the issue of sin. That's a sign of a questionable man of God. I like one description they gave to Elisha. He said, this is a holy man of God. Now that the men of God, they are playing to you. But somebody was called a holy man of God. That is the distinction. A holy man of God. Number six. Manipulative and domineering. Manipulative and domineering. Some people, they will manipulate you. Domineering. It's like they dominate your life. You can't do anything. They make you feel like without them, you can't exist. I am the covering over your life. When I hear human beings talking about them being covering, you human being, you that God can just snap his finger and you'll be dead. You, you are covering. Me, I've not seen, I've not seen the biblical basis for human covering. I've not seen it yet. What I know from Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Not man of God. So they make you believe like, I'm the covering over your life. Some people can even threaten you. If you leave my covering, your life is finished. People can even curse people for leaving their church. Hey, have you died for anybody? Blood donation, simple blood donation. Crap. You've never done it before. You have not sh- <laughs> I heard some pastors say, yes. And the guy left my church and I cursed him. Simple blood donation. Go and lie down. One, just 450 mils of your blood. You've never done before. And you are talking as if you have laid down your life for somebody. Manipulative. Sometimes people can come under the yoke of manipulation of men of God. Eh? It destroys their marriages. It destroys, especially the ladies. Man of God can manipulate. And because of that, they are, they are refusing to submit to their husbands at home. The Bible says, Women, submit to your own. The word own is the most of the time we are quoting, we leave their own. Submit to your own husband. The man of God is somebody's husband. <laughs> Submit to your own husband. So I've seen manipulation bringing problems. A fellow pastor, friend of mine, he was in a particular church. And this man of God who's supposed to be a prophet just started being, you know that some people, they start well. And then something, they just allow themselves, some spirits just enter them. Started and you come to you and God says you should sow a thousand CDs into my life. Go to this person. Go. So, so he kept sowing, sowing, Charlie. Now, the coffers were empty at home and the women, when the coffers are empty, they are not happy. They, they want security. <laughs> so it brought problems, this, that, 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 that. So one day the man came again. He said, God says you should sow. He told him, I don't have. He said, ah. And this guy is a doctor. He was like, ah. But, how can you, doctor, how can you have, aren't you pay like 10,000 Ghana cities a month? So they, my salary doesn't reach 10,000. It's like, hey, hey, is that so? So in his mind, eh, the man of God, he has calculated 10,000, so one ten, tight. So thousands, so every day he comes, so thousand cities, thousand cities, this like that, that, that. He nearly destroyed this marriage. He sat up one day and said, look, I'm out of this place. Left. There was this other couple to do were doing ministry, and this so-called prophetess came. She's the one who can see. And this and this and that and that. The time they realized the two of them, the man and the wife, they were far apart. Because this one she goes here and goes to say this, goes here and goes to say, before they realized and decided that look, we are kicking this woman out of the ministry. Manipulation. The prophet has to even tell you what to cook. For your family to eat because they have they have they have inoculated you with the spirit of suspicion crab means the snail it means your children will become slow <laughs> and there are people living under such bondage 
Bible says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherein Christ Jesus has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The covering we all need is the covering of the Almighty God. Not any human being's covering. Hallelujah. Seven, the person uses methods that clearly infringe on moral. I know it's time, but just allow me to finish this one, okay? Exam candidates, the extra minutes you spend here will mean extra marks for you. <laughs> uses methods that clearly infringe on moral and biblical principles. Somebody comes to you, man of God, that I have a problem. You say, the solution to the problem, the acquaintance is that I have to sleep with you. The spirits that have been coming to sleep with you in the night. If I sleep with you because of the anointing upon my, you will neutralize all of them. They will not come again. Clearly not biblical. Clearly not biblical. I spoke to a certain young lady. In her teens, she felt she had lesbian tendencies. Even though she never did it. She felt she had lesbian. And one day she went for a meeting and a man of God spoke against lesbianism. And she felt very convicted. So she went to see the man of God that oh. Man of God, I think I'm having this problem. Man of God said, come and see me in my house. Went to the house. Man of God said, I have to pray for you. And that, the spirit of lesbianism is in the vagina. We are, we are, most of us are American people here. So these words, we don't do sebi sebi. I told you, if you do sebi for ONG exam, your exam will be sebi 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 sebi. <laughs> ovary, sebi, this sebi. <laughs> so we, we are spared from the sebi. Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, the spirit is in the vagina. So he has to anoint the vagina. Oh yeah. This is a true, it's not like I read it somewhere. I, I, I was talking to the lady. So man of God took oil, poured it upon his fingers, and started inserting his fingers while speaking in tongues. He's expelling this. <laughs> you know, I talked about diversities of operations, but this operation, <laughs> this operation, oh God. <laughs> there was this video a Ghanaian pastor in South Africa. I don't know how many of you saw it. He called a woman. The woman was sick. He was, wanted to pray for her. He said the method by which he was going to get her healing was that he has to kiss her. And the kissing I'm talking about, not holy kiss. <laughs> Stood the woman in front. When he finished, I could see the woman was confused. <laughs> The girl was confused. He asked her, how, how is the pain? She couldn't even answer. She was shocked. Diversities of operation. By using diverse operations. Doing all kinds of things. If a woman says she has a problem, a lump in her breast, you don't have to lay hands on the breast. No, no, no. You are not allowed. You don't have shares in that body. The best you can do, if there has to be laying of hands, look for a woman. Even Elisha, the one I read, he put his hand on the man's hand and he said, so let the woman lay hands and then you touch the woman. And the electricity will flow through and the healing will take place. But you go and touch things that don't belong to you. So when you see such things as questionable, don't say, oh, this, 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 this one, they are spiritual. No, 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 no. There are things that clearly violate the laws of God. And then the last sign, the last thing, this one is a bit controversial, but if somebody is a prophet and the person tells you, I started seeing before I became born again. And I've heard a few people make such statements. Say, me, I started seeing before I became born again. If you were not born again and the Spirit of God wasn't living inside you, then what was showing you these things? I started seeing, oh, as for me, I started seeing before I even became born again. That means God was trying to show him that this is what he was going to do. No, 
It doesn't make sense. You don't have the Holy Spirit and you are seeing. That means the seeing you are seeing is not from the Holy Spirit. It's as simple as that. There are people, there are families, eh? the spirit of divination there, fetish spirit. This, when you look at how fetish spirits operate, it's serious, what do you call it? Um, what, what word should I Camouflage or counterfeit. Fetish spirits, you know they speak in tongues. Those things that they say, and then the one with the gift of the interpretation of tongues, the small boy with them. Counterfeit. Nana say they interpret. Then another you go around. Then you speak. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. So everything genuine, there's a counterfeit. So some people, the things that they were seeing before they became born again, eh? It is that spirit of divination in the family. And it starts to show them things. So if they come to Christ and they don't go through deliverance, hmm, there are people who are working with this and they actually think, genuinely think it's the Holy Spirit. Because they are seeing things in the Spirit. That thing was not cast out. The thing still had a legal ground. I don't believe if you have some of these things inside you, when you become born again, it's automatic that they have they have to be dealt with specifically. When I went to preach at the crusade at Ad also, I was speaking to the Presbyterian minister there. He was telling me he, his father was a fetish priest and he was next in line to become the fetish priest. So when it comes to these experiences in the supernatural, he said they had this whisk, you know the whisk in their house. And he used to talk to the whisk. You go and stand in front of the whisk and the whisk will develop a mouth and they'll be chatting. Like Philly Philly Gadoji, like that. The father could conjure eggs from the sky and things like that. Those were the kind of things. And he was next in line. And he became born again. So I said, okay, today I have somebody who has these things in their lineage and became born again. So I asked him, what is your opinion on this thing about people believing that once you become born again, automatically you are seated with Christ, far above principalities and powers. So he's finished. I was like, Kai, what are you talking about? <laughs> He said, if I had that mentality, I would be dead by now. He was born again, oh. But they will come and attack him. And for two weeks, he will be paralyzed in bed. And Christians have to come and surround him and pray for the symptoms to go. Because this one, they know when they go to hospital, they don't even know where to put the IV line. It's not physical matters. And the thing was following him because he was next in line. And it took months of prayer and deliverance and stuff like that for him to be free. And so he too automatically, when he became born again, was filled with the Holy Spirit. He automatically became a deliverance minister. So he is very sharp with these things. He's been there before. Alright? So when you see somebody who comes and tells you, me, I started seeing before I became born again. Maybe genuinely he thinks he's seen by the Holy Spirit. But it is questionable. If you don't have the Holy Spirit and you are seeing, then which spirit is it that they're showing you things? Uncle Williams will tell you that his father wasn't born again. But the kind of word of knowledge his father used to operate in. Eh? So his father was into the occult. He had a certain snake in the house. And one day their father traveled. And he and his pastor friend, they decided that they are going to fast and pray and kill that snake. He was there and the father called him. Nobody should touch that snake. He was like, why? The guy has picked the thing up in the spirit already. Serious prophetic. It's just like Elijah telling them that wasn't my spirit there with you. <laughs> you are planning that thing. I was there watching you. Nobody should touch that snake. You won't harm anybody. So nobody should touch it. So you need to be wary of such things. All right. How many of you have learned something tonight? Learned something tonight? Great, 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 great. All right. So Sunday, we are going to continue. Sunday, I'm going to continue where I left off on the angelic ministration all right the ministry of angels i may veer into the fallen angels bit a bit for you to understand where demons are coming from and where principalities are coming from and blah 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 all right shall we stand to our feet shall we stand to our feet oh won't you clap and thank god for the word that has come this church they are very very prepared with clapping oh. Eh? The Lord has always been telling you that we are a young church. You shouldn't be behaving that way. <laughs> All right. Okay. 
all right shall we close our eyes father in the name of jesus we thank you for this word that has come for we pray in the name of jesus that this word will be cemented deep down in our spirits we thank you for the prophetic ministry we thank you for the prophetic gift in this day and age where there are a lot of questions about this ministry we pray in the name of jesus that you give us the spirit of discernment the ability to be able to tell the difference between the genuine and the fake we pray in the name of jesus that nobody in this ministry nobody under the sound of my voice will fall prey to manipulations of fake prophets and fake men of god in the name of jesus if anybody is under such bondage we command that bondage to break in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the son of the living god i speak freedom i speak liberty into the spirit of that individual i pray father that you anoint us give us the grace to hear you for ourselves give us the ability to be able to tell a prophecy that is from you from that which is coming from the minds of men we pray that for the important things in our lives we receive guidance from you and you alone where ministry is concerned where marriage is concerned where career is concerned may we not be deceived by the words of men in the name of jesus christ of nazareth begin to speak to our hearts begin to speak to our spirits may we know the truth even before the light comes so that when the light comes we'll be able to discern and tell that this is not from god we give you glory we give you praise father i pray that you increase our insight into the prophetic in the name of jesus our ability to hear you make our ears sharper in the spirit make our minds sharper in the spirit make our spirit sharper in the spirit may we hear you when you speak May we obey you when you direct. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.